Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. raise our hands all over this place for just a minute. God wants to come and touch hearts and touch lives in this place. Do you know in one moment in the presence of God, one moment when the touch of God's Spirit comes on you, things change. See, we we talk about the Holy Spirit and He's a person and He's real, He's alive. And the minute the Holy Spirit comes and touches people, something's going to shift. You know, when the natural comes in contact with the supernatural, something's got to give. And it won't be the supernatural, it'll be the natural. It can be problems, it can be challenges, it can be disappointments, it can be pain. And you know, in one moment of time, God by His Spirit can come and do something in people's hearts. And Father, we thank You for the presence, the power, the anointing of the Spirit of God. Lord, I just ask tonight that You would come by Your fire, come by Your anointing. Let the rain of heaven fall in this place. Lord God, let rivers of living water flow. Lord, right here, also in Hobart, God, I pray, pour out Your Spirit in the house tonight tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Why don't we give Jesus a shout of praise for just a minute? Well, can I just say this? It is, it is just such an incredible honor uh, to be here. And, and this is the greatest church in our nation. And in, really, it is it's the greatest church in the world. And since I was a little boy, my dad is an evangelist. I mean, he moves in the spirit, moves in the power of God. And, and uh, as a kid, I would come to this church with my dad. I used to wear a suit. But I'd come along to church here. And I remember even as like a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, I remember going to the Hill Center, going across next door and, and seeing what God's doing in this place. As a kid, I always said, God, I want to pastor a church like this. And uh, I mean, we're on our way. We've got a little way to go. But my last name is Hall. And uh, I've decided we're going to call our church Hall Song Church. I've been praying about that. <laughs> we feel like that could be the Lord. Might be the devil. We don't know. We'll just test it, see how it goes. But I feel like God wants to touch every person in this place. And if you're hungry and you dare to believe God, see, when we lean in, the Bible, leaning in is just like a cool way of saying, draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. And when we press into God, His presence comes. And when faith and the anointing come in contact with each other, something's going to give, something's going to happen, and it's called impartation. And I really do believe tonight that it's, it's so easy to come to church and enjoy the atmosphere, but my prayer tonight is that not only would you experience God in the atmosphere, but you would leave this place full of the Holy Spirit, full of the touch of God. So when you leave this place, so when you leave this place, you can say, hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You're aware, you know, you can feel the Holy Spirit. You can sense his presence. And I'm believing that God's going to do something in the house. Uh, I'm going to say a proper high in a second, but for 30 seconds, let's just lift our hands to heaven. Let Let the fire of God come on you. Let the presence and the power of heaven. Lord God, we thank you for the anointing of heaven. God, fill this place. Let no one person leave this place the way they came in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just make room tonight for your spirit and for your power in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen. You may be seated in the house of God. Thank you, musicians. You're awesome. It is just such an honor to be speaking here at Hillsong Church. I just want to say uh, two things before I start. I've got my wife, Donna, with me. We've been married uh, since, uh, since 2009. We pastor church down in Adelaide, and, and, uh, and we're so glad to be here tonight. And we love Pastor Brian and Pastor Bobby uh, so much. They're our heroes. About two years ago, uh, I was in Orange County and just 
uh, spending a day there and somebody told me, they, they said, hey, I think Pastor Brian's in Orange County today. And he said, why don't you text him and see if he'll have coffee with us? So I thought, well, I don't have his number. So stalking was frowned upon, so I tried a different approach. I tried Twitter. So I said on Twitter, I said, hello, Pastor Brian, would you like to have coffee? If it helps, I'll pay. And let me, and so he's like, yeah, sure, let's have dinner. So we went to dinner and, and I'd been inviting him to come and preach in our church for years. Just, I sent a fax every year. And so, and so he said, uh, he said at dinner, we were in the middle of dinner, he says, You've been asking me long enough, well, when am I coming to your church? I said, literally, I'll cancel Christmas or a funeral. (laughs) We would love you to come. So he flies down on a Wednesday, and I'm telling you, our church has never been the same. From that moment, we started growing, and God's doing something great in our city. And and so here's our hero. We love him and Pastor Bobby so much, and and we love Pastor Joel and Pastor Julia. They are just legends in this country, and and being part of this ACC and seeing what God's doing there. Uh, it's such a joy to serve alongside men of God like them. We love you, Pastor Joel. Thanks for having me. And man, we're going to have church for a minute. Are you happy tonight? Do you love Jesus? If you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Paul was definitely having a good time when he wrote Ephesians. It's just loaded with faith and, and the supernatural of God. And I, I want to have a look at chapter 5. Right after Galatians, it says this in verse 14, Ephesians 5, 14 in the New King James, which is the translation uh, that Jesus wants us to read. Now, it says this in verse 14 of Ephesians 5. It says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. You know what he's saying right there? He's he's really talking about being being, uh, awake and, and coming to life in terms of the things of the Spirit. God doesn't want us to just be Christians who are on our way to heaven and living with the joy of heaven before us. He actually wants us to know the power of heaven in our everyday lives right now. And he says, he says this, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The world is a little bit crazy right now. And, and it goes on to say, he says in verse 18, he says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I, I love this passage so much, it's so rich. Because when Paul's writing this, you've got to understand who he's writing to. He's not really writing to a church uh, that, that uh, is kind of traditional, kind of maybe resistant to the things of the Holy Spirit, resistant to the uh, maybe miracles and the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and all of those things. He's actually writing to a church that started in the power of God. If you read Acts chapter 19, you'll find that Paul uh, came to Ephesus and the Bible says he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? In other words, I know you're saved, but did you get filled with the Holy Spirit? They said, we didn't even know we could. He lays hands on them. The power of God touches them. There's a church at Ephesians, starts right there. Starts in the power of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts church started in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that church, even today, we should have the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so he, he's writing to a people and he's saying to them, he said, he said don't be drunk uh, with wine. He said, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting. He's not writing to people that haven't been filled with the Spirit. He's not writing to a church that 
has been resistant to the things of the Spirit. He's writing to a church that has momentum, that, that has faith, that's growing, that's alive in the Spirit of God. And he's writing to that church. He says, hey, he, he says, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And, and, and they're like, we kind of already are. He said, yeah, but let me explain something. And this is what he meant. He said, don't just be filled, but be continually being filled. In other words, on Monday, get filled. Tuesday, get filled. Wednesday, just stay full. I don't know about you, but I, I leak a little bit. Some of, you, some of you may be very good containers uh, for the presence of the Lord, but for me, you get me in bad traffic, there's a leak that happens. And I pray, I ask God to help me, but I need God's strength. You get me in an airport, I can leak. Leaking uh, is, is a very, very uh, easy thing for us to do. And that's why God says, hey, I want you baptized in the Spirit. There's one baptism, but I want you to stay being full, continually being filled. That's why Jude would write in, chapter, in verse 20, he says, build yourself up in your, in your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's talking to people that believe in the Holy Spirit. And he says things to Timothy, like, Timothy, I remind you, stir up the gift that is in you, which you receive through the laying on of my hands. You know, an atmosphere like this can carry you uh, in a powerful way. But you know, when you get home on Monday, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. When you get home on Tuesday, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the fire of God alive in your life. And Paul is writing to the church. He's saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit and be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know, being filled with the Spirit, now this is important, I want you to really grab this tonight. Being filled with the Spirit is a recognizable condition. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and not know you've been filled with the Spirit. And you cannot be filled with the Spirit and other people not know you've been filled with the Spirit. It's recognizable. When you get filled with the Spirit, you know you've been filled with the Spirit. I mean, if I, I don't know what the road is that we came up, uh, this little freeway we came up to get up here. If I went and stood uh, in, in front of a Mack truck and, and it ran me over, I feel like you would know that you'd been hit by a Mack truck. I mean, when you get up, if you get up, you walk different, you talk different. I get home to my wife, she says, sweetheart, there's something different about you. Yeah, I just got hit by a Mack truck. I'm never gonna be the same again. I mean, when you get touched with the fullness of God, when you get filled with all power from heaven, something changes. You know, you know that something different. People know, I mean, when God touched people in the Bible, it wasn't delicate like it is today. I mean, today it's quite delicate. You lift your hands, God touches you, it's wonderful and it's empowering. But in the Old Testament, people got hurt. I mean, going to a Holy Spirit service, you, it endangered your life. Isaiah is minding his own business. An angel comes with a coal from the altar of heaven. Now, the angel is holding it with tongs. The angel knew that this was a hot coal from the altar of heaven. He flies in, he comes in, but he doesn't, angels aren't known for their compassion. They generally open a conversation with, uh, chill out, don't fear, uh, I'm not gonna kill you. Angels are a serious business. This angel comes in, is holding a boiling hot coal. Not from like a thing that makes coals hot, but from the altar of heaven. And as far as I know, that's a fairly hot altar. And so he comes in, and he gets the tongs and he just sticks them on Isaiah's burning him forever. From that moment, Isaiah referred to himself as Isaiah. How was church? Fabulous. What happened? My mouth got burned to pieces. Fantastic. Jacob, he has an encounter with God. The Bible tells us that God basically broke his hip. How was church? Absolutely awesome. Never gonna be... The Apostle Paul, his name wasn't even Paul, it was Saul. 
He was on the road to Damascus. He's gonna kill a bunch of Christians, which isn't, it's not good to do that. And so he's, he's gonna do that. And then the Bible says a light shines from heaven. Boom, he hits the ground. He gets up blind. <laughs> blind! How is church? Terrific, I can't see a thing. And to make matters worse, the S has fallen off my name and now he's stuck a P on the front. Can you imagine the three of them in heaven? There's Saul or Paul. There's Isaiah. There's Jacob. Jacob walks up. Guys, let's talk about when God touched us. He's going, oh man, it was fabulous. It was incredible. My life's never gonna be the same. Tell us about it, Paul. Oh, it was unbelievable. We're over here. It was unbelievable. Can, can, I, can I just tell you, I was raised old time Pentecostal. I mean, my, my parents aren't even Pentecostal, they're Pentehostal. I mean, I mean, if I was sick on a school day, I never got compassion. You, we can treat our kids with love and care and just anoint their fevered brow. I got nothing like that. The doors had burst open. Benny Hinn music starts playing immediately. Hallelujah. My dad's like, lift your hands. There's the fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. The prayer was so violent. Heaven was suffering violence that day, my friend. The prayer was so violent. I'd get up and go to school. Black eye, thick lip, blood nose, ear missing. But no one flu symptom. I was miraculously healed. This is my upbringing. I mean, I'm the only kid at the age of six. All my friends got like Stretch Armstrong or... Lego or G.I. Joe, I got an overhead projector. <laughs> Does anyone in the room remember what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about this, this new modern day demonic technology. I'm talking about old time. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's a box, like yay big by yay big by yay big. It has a stick with like a mirror situation. And you, I used to operate it, I was good. I mean, my, my, my wrists moved at a rapid rate of knots and I would change lyrics, you wouldn't even notice. But if you accidentally put it upside down, people thought it was Mission Sunday and the service was in Russian. <laughs> I used to get my bears. I'd line them up for Holy Spirit night. Lay hands on the bears. Most of them would fall over. Except for my alligator. He was Presbyterian. He didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. One day I baptised Big Ted, his eye fell off. My mum sewed his eye back on and we testified to the healing power of Jesus. God does miracles today, friends. Big Ted can see. But I was raised, I was raised in that kind of, that, that's kind of what I, I knew. I mean, if there was a problem, you pray and believe God and God would turn things around. But you know, when it comes to a touch of God, maybe I'm being a bit old school, but when God visits your life, and fills you with his spirit, you know that you know that you know that heaven has burst through the layers of the atmosphere and come and made contact with your heart. And when you're filled with the spirit, something changes. It's a recognizable condition. The book of Acts tells us when they were trying to birth this thing called the early church. What did they say? The word came to them, let's look for men of good report who are full of the Holy Spirit. If being filled with the spirit's not recognizable, what, what were they looking for? When you're filled with the spirit, there's indicators that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of them. I wanna share a few tonight and I wanna build your faith. At the end of this meeting, we're gonna pray for people for, for breakthrough. We're gonna pray for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit, to, to let God just touch them and do something supernatural. But 
the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit, and there are indicators that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, that you're living in personal revival, and that the Spirit of God's working your life in the first. And I want to talk about it for a few minutes. I want to talk about, number one, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. Now, I could be reading into this, but it doesn't seem like he's saying don't be drunk. He's just clarifying the how and the not how. He's saying don't be drunk on the things of the world, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the infilling, the baptism in the Spirit. When you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is, I mean, God is just alive in your life in a way that maybe you've never experienced before. I mean, maybe you've been visiting this church a little while and you've come in and you see people lifting their hands and you think, well, that's unusual. I will not be having any of that. I don't like it at all. I'm very uncomfortable with it. And so you see them doing it, lifting your hands and you're, you're unsure. And then one day you come to church and you, maybe you've come on your own. Your wife hasn't come with you or you're by yourself and you think, I'm going to go and sit in the very back where it's a little bit dark and I'm going to give this thing a whirl. Does anyone remember your first world? I remember my first world. It was awesome. You don't want to go full mast. You can only go half mast. Because you, you don't want to just dive in. You've got to take these things very seriously, folks. Lights were dark. No one's around. So I thought, I'm going to give this a go. And then you get those goosebumps. Has anyone ever had the goosebumps? You're like, this is awesome. Get the goosebumps. But then you think, I need symmetry. It's got to be symmetrical. I get, I get freaked out by people that push it like that. It's got to be the same. Or one hand's fine. But if two hands are doing different things, I think there could be something complicated going on right there. <laughs> so I had my first hand up. It felt terrific. But I thought I need symmetry. Got the other hand up. I was like, oh, this feels, I feel God. When I'm worshiping Jesus, I feel God. And then from that day forward, my hands have been lifted in worship and I can never go back to the way I I used to worship. What lifting your hands does to your worship life, you know, the baptism in the spirit will do that to your prayer life, your devotional life. It's almost like maybe on this side of the things of the spirit, you might go, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know what to make of all that. I I mean, when when I hear people praying in the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues, I'm a bit nervous about that. And I I don't know what to do with that. Can I say speaking in tongues? It is an unusual thing. It's not the most, most, don't do it at Woolies. I mean, don't walk up to people. Should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. I mean, you you don't do that. (laughs) There is a time and a place. Paul talks about it, but Paul also says, I thank God I speak in tongues. He says, he says build your, Jude says, build yourself up by praying in the Spirit. Paul says, I would that you all spoke in tongues. He said, I thank God I, I pray in the Spirit more than all of you speaking in tongues, the baptism in the Spirit. It's unusual, but it's supernatural. And do you know some of the greatest blessings of God are on the other side of what's comfortable? Christianity, sometimes when you get a bit uncomfortable, it's awesome. Maybe some of you, you've been a bit comfy for too long. Maybe what I'm talking about tonight, you're like, I know about that. I used to do that. And it's been a long time. Maybe you need to just pull the cord like the old lawnmower. Just a third time. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. God, we bless you. Just stir yourself up. But when... When God talks about, when Jesus talks about being filled with the Spirit, he says, go and wait in Jerusalem, you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, in the original language, there are two words for baptism. Bapto, 
and baptizo. And they kind of mean the same thing, but there are some layers of meaning that I want to show you just for a second. I came across a poem written in 200 AD in original Greek. And the poem is about the process of making pickles. The process of making pickles. And to be honest, when I first heard the poem, I was disillusioned. Because my entire life, I believe pickles were something that just grew. You'd go down to Bunnings, buy some pickle seeds, plant them in the ground. A couple of hours later, you just got a, a, a crop of pickles. Friends, it's not so. This is not so. There is actually no such thing as a pickle. You will not read in the book of Genesis, and God said, let there be pickles. <laughs> and there were, and he saw that it was good. Do you know, there was no, there was no, no pickles. Pickles were cucumbers. Oh no, this is, this is heavy theology, but every now and then you've got to get a teacher in. Pickles were cucumbers that have been baptized in water, filled with the Holy Spirit, and now on fire for Jesus. I'll show you how. Stay with me. This is going to help three people. I sense that. The two of you taking notes, I do need you to stay with me because it's very important. Bapto and baptizo are used in this poem for the process of making pickles. He would get the cucumber. He would dip it in boiling hot water, which is called, which uses the word bapto, which means to fully immerse in hot water. It softens the skin, enabling it to go to the next part of the process called baptizo, where they leave the pickle in this jar full of other pickles, full of vinegar. They seal the top and just let it sit there until what happens is uh, the, 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 the vinegar gets, breaks through the skin of the pickle, changes it from the inside out, and voila, you don't have a pickle, you've got a cucumber. Other way around, you don't have a cucumber, you have a pickle. <laughs> just testing. Now, let me explain something. He calls that baptizo. The, the best translation for that word from the poem is saturation. You know, often we want to get dipped. But do you know, there's more. God says, hey, if you would stay in my presence, if you'd stay under my anointing, I'm not going to just touch you. I'm going to change you from the inside out. You won't be a boring old cucumber anymore. You'll be pickled. Somebody say pickled. Now, stay with me. This is very important. Scientists are spending millions of dollars trying to reverse a pickle back to a cucumber. It cannot be done. Maybe hundreds of dollars. But the bottom line is once, once a pickle, once a cucumber's pickled, it's pickled. Can I tell you, once you've tasted of heaven, church, once you've been filled with God's spirit, I mean, once heaven's open and the anointing of God has come upon your life, you can never go back to the way you used to be. And man, you live in that space where you know that greater is he. Oh, come on, can you give God a praise for like nine seconds if you believe in the power of God? That's what the Holy Spirit does. When he fills you, he changes. We don't talk about the things of the Spirit just because we should talk about them when you know the Spirit of God. I mean, without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't even have, we wouldn't have anything. The Spirit created the earth. We wouldn't have that. So we're done. No Holy Ghost, no earth. That's not good. No Holy Spirit. The Bible says that it was a seed of the Holy Spirit that impregnated Mary. We wouldn't have Christmas without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> It'd just be like, silent night, and then it's done. <laughs> it's a very silent night, away in a manger. That's it. No jingle bells. You know, being filled with the Spirit is recognizable when God comes into your world. 
and he touches your life. He fills you and Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. We're in as excess, but be filled with the spirit. In other words, he's saying, hey, don't be, don't be filled with all the cares and the burdens of the world and every other challenge that's coming your way. Take a minute and let God charge you up. The word build yourself up, Jude 20, it means to charge yourself up in your holy faith by praying in the spirit, being filled with the spirit. And, and you know, the word, word pickled, I love the word pickled because that's what Paul said. He says, don't be pickled with wine. Just be pickled, be, be saturated with God's spirit. You know, Paul, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy, we're called Pentecostals, you know. Some people don't know if they are Pentecostals because the name might mean weird things to different people. Pentecostalism is not a denomination. Uh, being Pentecostal is not uh, how you wear your hair or your clothes or the name of the church you go to. Being Pentecostal is simply believing that what God did in Acts chapter 2, when he filled an upper room and touched people with the Holy Spirit, that that's for today. I'm not Pentecostal because of the name on our church. I'm Pentecostal because I think it, what happened in the book of Acts is for me. There was fire from heaven. There was the river of God. There was the anointing of heaven. If it was good enough for Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, good enough for me. You know, you know who was in that room that got filled with the Spirit? Everyone that was in that room that got filled with the Spirit, they, they stepped into the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Sometimes we see Mary in a religious context. Mary was like us. She'd been saved by the grace of God and filled with the mighty Holy Spirit. And God touched her heart and he touched her life. Being filled, being filled with the touch of heaven. You know, he says, one of the indicators that you've been filled with the Spirit is you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The second thing he says, he says, he says, singing and making melody in your heart, the book of Ephesians says, in verse number 19, singing and making melody in your heart. You know, you're filled with the Spirit when there's just that sense of melody in your spirit. You know, being filled with the Spirit, I don't, I don't feel like it, it, it should, I don't believe it should make us grumpy. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm really not happy about it, to be honest. I mean, I was hungry for it, then I got filled with the Spirit, I was hungry for His presence. Now I've been filled with the Spirit, now I've got the ministry of being miserable. Can, can, can I tell you, that's not a, that's not a, a sign that God's filled you. There should be a melody in your heart, a, a spring in your step, a, a fire in your belly, a, a, a sense that, man, God could do anything right now. And, and God wants to fill you. And my prayer in this room tonight is in just a couple of moments, and maybe if a keyboard player can come, because I want to pray. I'm believing that God's going to fill people with the power and the presence of God in this room. Maybe you're up the top. Maybe you're on the floor. Maybe you're, you're, you're serving in all kinds of capacities in church. Do you know... You guys, I came to Hillsong Conference. I loved it. I was so blessed. But what amazed me was that the people that were working were working morning, noon, and night. And I feel like after a week like that, what's the best thing that can happen for all of us? It's to just take a moment and be refreshed and keep that melody alive on the inside of our spirit. That joy in your heart, that joy that comes from heaven. Being filled with the spirit, it's recognizable. Another thing that it says here, he says, being filled with the spirit. The Bible says, giving thanks always. I want to have a thankful spirit. I want that sense that God's alive in my life. Being filled with the spirit, there should be a joy. God, I thank you for your touch. I thank you for what you're doing in my life in the name of Jesus. You know the last indicator, and there's so many thousands more. Another one is the power and the presence of God is alive in your life. Mark 16 tells us these signs will follow those who believe in my name. I cast out demons, I speak in tongues. I lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you realize the power of God is not for the book of Acts 
and not today. The same Holy Spirit who is on Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that you and I can experience and walk in. Do you know that the same, the same power that raised Jesus out of that garden tomb is in this room tonight? And Jesus is alive. And I don't know about you, but I want, I want the presence of God in my world. I, I'm going to close with this uh, little story and then we're going to pray and pray for people to find Jesus. And maybe you're here tonight and you don't know God. I'm believing that you're going to know him uh, with every fiber of your being in just a few moments. But I was preaching in Auckland, New Zealand, maybe about two years ago. I love New Zealand. New Zealand's awesome. And I was preaching in Auckland and I was preaching at this youth conference there. And as I went to walk out, this girl comes up to me and she says, "Uh, would you pray for me? I said, sure. And I was like brotherly. I thought I'll do a brotherly prayer. Put my hand on her shoulder. Father, bless her. Touch her. uh, Fill her. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then I went to walk off. As I go to walk off, she says, was that it? I said, I'm sorry. She goes, was that it? I said, what do you mean was that it? She goes, no, I came because I need a miracle. My parents' marriage is nearly over. I'm sick in my body. I've got anxiety. I've got depression. My dad's terminally ill. I came to you in faith, believing God to do something in my life. She said, was that it? I was like, (laughs) no. (laughs) It was a practice. You got to warm up. And so I prayed for her again. And I went... Maybe I got a bit too wild, but I thought, man, she's hungry. So it activated something in my spirit. So I put my hand on her head. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I said, you be made whole by the power of God. And when I said that, the presence of God touches her and she falls down under the power of the Holy Spirit, which I know that might be unusual to some. Some people get freaked out by people falling down. I'm far more freaked out about what the right time to get back up is. Falling down, (laughs) the falling down, that's the easy part. We can all fall down. We all fall down. Then you go, have I been out long enough? Have I been on the grill long enough? So when I get to heaven, I want him to say, well done, not medium rare. You know, you want... You don't want... So she's on the floor and I was like, was that it? <laughs> so I go to go home and God, God speaks to me. He says, David, this young lady, she came hungry for God. And he said, don't, don't ever have services where... Somebody comes hungry and they leave needing God to touch them and they leave the meeting going, was that it? See, my prayer tonight is that you won't leave this meeting going, was that it? I actually pray that somehow by the grace of God, you'll leave fully satisfied in the goodness of God, filled with God's power and filled with God's presence. You know, just before we go... Uh, any further with the meeting. We're going to pray for different needs tonight. I'm going to believe God for miracles. We're going to believe that God's going to... The Bible says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Oh, I, I, you can't change scripture, but I'd love to... I, I say to our church, not only are we a house of prayer, but let's believe God we're a house of answered prayer. That God, that God hears our prayer and turns things around by His Spirit. Maybe during the prayer request tonight, you saw all the different needs up on the screen and you thought, man, I missed... I missed my moment. In just a few minutes, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe for the God of heaven and earth to come. Minister, touch, fill you with his grace. Let the fire of God come upon you, that you would know the goodness of Jesus in the name of... Does anyone believe that God's alive and moving by his spirit? Cool. Let's bow in prayer all across the house. And just for a couple of moments, I just want to ask one question. And that is, what's the condition of your heart? Maybe you're in this room tonight and you've come with a friend or... 
for whatever reason, maybe you've come in search of God, maybe you've come hoping that, uh, you know, some trouble that maybe you're facing could be averted by coming to the house of God and that God would touch in. And I, I pray that that might happen. Or maybe um, you've just never had a relationship with Jesus and something's compelled you to come. Or maybe a friend's invited you to be in service tonight and you'd say, David, I need to give my heart to Jesus. If you're in this room tonight, for, whether, whether it's for the first time or whether it's to come back to Jesus, maybe there's distance between you and God. You know, He doesn't actually let us go, but maybe in, in the busyness and maybe the nature of life or for whatever reason, maybe we've sort of just let God go a little bit. And maybe you feel like there's distance between you and your Creator. Maybe you're in this room tonight and you'd say, David, tonight's my night. I need to come home. I need to get my life right with God. I don't know why you're in the place you are, but what I know is Jesus Christ loves every person. Every single person in this room matters to God so much. And if you're in this house tonight and you'd say, David, I need to get my heart right with Jesus. I need to get saved. I need to come to Christ. I need to know what it is to have my sins forgiven. If you're in this room and you'd say, David, pray for me. I need to give my heart to Christ. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody or or put anyone on the spot, but I'd love you to give me a wave so I know who I'm praying for. And we're going to pray in faith. But if you'd say, David, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to get my life right with God. If that's you, would you slip your hand up so I can see who you are? I want to pray for you. Lift it high so I can see it. Hands going up in the house. Is there anyone else that'd say, David, pray for me in Jesus' name? I believe God. Thank you, bro. You can put your hand down. Are there others? Just lift your hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you back there. Is there anyone else over here to my right? It's awesome. Hands are going up all over this house. And do you know something? I might not be able to see your hand, but God sees your hand. If there's anybody else that would say, David, pray for me. Can I just ask you to step out in faith, lift your hands so I can see who you are. God wants to meet you at your point of faith. Is there anybody else that would say, David, pray for me quickly. Lift your hand high so I can see who you are. We're going to believe that God's going to do something. Hands are going up across the house. Tonight's your night. You're never going to be the same again. In the name of Jesus. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. Thank you guys so much. You know, if you lifted your hand and, and you prayed that prayer, let's, let's pray a prayer together right now. And, and that's a prayer of invitation. Some people call it the sinner's prayer. I call it the beginner's prayer because it helps you get started in your walk of faith and get started with God. Can we pray uh, this prayer together? I'm going to pray it out loud. I'm going to ask you that lifted your hand to pray it. I'm also going to ask the whole church if you would pray. And, and let's believe God. Let's pray this together all over this house. Dear God in heaven, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, it says in your word that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved. So right now, Lord Jesus, with my mouth, I confess. With my heart, I believe. And so right now, Lord Jesus, from this moment, I'm a child of God. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. It's a new day. Maybe you prayed this prayer here. You prayed it in Hobart. Lord God, for everyone watching in Hobart here in the house, seal what's been prayed. Lord, I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Can we just worship God for just a little bit? Come on, why don't we lift up our hands? Let the power of God fill this house. Jesus. You know, I'd love to just pray for a, a, couple, a couple of things that we... We should bring before God and believe that God's going to do. But before we do, there are those that lifted their hands here and lifted their hands in Hobart Church. Can we give them a big hand and thank God for, for what He's done and what He's going to do in people's hearts and lives? And You know, maybe you're in this room and as I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you say, David, I, I want the presence of God in my life. I want His touch. I don't want to do Christianity unaware 
of God's anointing. Do you know, you can, you can be aware of God's presence in your life. He guides you, he speaks to you. And maybe you're in this room tonight and you'd say, David, I, I'm hungry for the touch of God. I'd love a, I just love God to visit me where I'm at. Just a, a fresh anointing from God, a fresh touch of His Spirit. Do you know, one moment in the presence of God changes things forever. You might be here tonight and you've got sickness in your body. We're going to pray for that in a minute and believe that God's going to turn impossible things around. And maybe over in Hobart as well. I love Hobart. There's good food in Hobart and that's important. But you know, in this room, I really do believe that God wants to touch people. And in that room, I believe that God wants to touch people. And maybe you're in the house today and you'd say, David, I'm hungry for God. I want His presence. I need a fresh touch of God's Spirit. You know, sometimes you're running this race and and it's a race of faith and you get fatigued, you get tired. And you'd say, Dave, I, I just need to be charged with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're in this place tonight, the Holy Ghost wants to touch you all over this house. Would you lift your hands to God of heaven and earth if you say, Dave, that's me. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to worship God for one minute. But I want to, I just want to just release, you know, a touch of God in this room right now that'll just empower you, set up your week, set up your month. And we're going to believe God to do something supernatural by His Spirit. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you that you're alive and that you're moving on planet earth. And Lord, I ask you tonight that you would fill people with your Spirit. Lord God, let the touch of heaven just flow right now like a river all over this house. Lord, I just pray for a mighty anointing to come upon your people this night. Lord, let the supernatural grace, the supernatural power, the supernatural anointing of God, Lord, I pray, fill people with your spirit. Lord, fill people with the power of God. Lord, I pray, make Jesus real. Fill people with the Holy Ghost. And Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's see it one more time. Let's just worship Jesus. You know, I wonder if there's people in the room tonight and you've never, oh, sorry, and maybe maybe here tonight and you've got sickness in your body, whether that's anxiety, whether that's uh, depression, whether that's something like cancer or arthritis or asthma, or these are real things, you know, and, and they're real things that come against the people of God. But I really do believe that God wants us to live in health and wholeness and live free from what the enemy wants to bring into people's lives. And some of you, it's almost like you're living in hell while being on your way to heaven. And I I really do believe God wants to bring us out of that and bring healing and bring the touch of God. And maybe you're in this room tonight and you've been living with the same problem for a long time because you go, you know, I can I can get through it. But I, I believe God wants to get that off your life, fill you with the power of the Spirit, touch you with God's presence and fill you with the, the anointing of God. And if you're in this house tonight, why don't you just raise your hands if you say, Dave, I need a miracle from God. You know, every person's situation is different, but the answer is always the same. The answer is Jesus. If you're in the house tonight, God wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. I'm going to believe that God's going to set people free. We don't just pray this because we think God might be in a good mood today. He said to a man that was sick, he said, I'm actually willing. It's the nature of God is willing to heal. He wills that we can be healed and whole. And right across this building, God, there's people here that need a breakthrough from, from heaven. Lord, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would come by your power, come by your fire, come by your anointing. Lord, let your river just flow into people's impossibility right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, on this side, on this side, in front and up the top, God, I just pray every single person that needs a breakthrough, every single person that needs a miracle, every single person that needs an answer to prayer. Lord, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we break the power of the evil one. And God, we declare that they would be healed and whole by the grace of God. Lord, I just thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done. Excuse me. Let it be done by the grace of God. Lord, right now in Jesus' name, may he be healed and may he be whole by the power of God. We 
take authority over this in Jesus' name. And we declare that you are good and you're supernatural. Come on, let's see it one more. Baby, this is the last thing I'm going to pray for. I don't know about you, I just sense God's presence in the house. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. There's nothing when He just comes in and says, you know, so I'm going to touch some people tonight. Maybe you're in the room and maybe, maybe you've never ever felt like the gifts of the Spirit are alive in your life. And you know, it's not going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be strange. All we're going to do is we're just going to ask God. He says, I'll give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And we're going to ask God that He'd fill you with His Spirit. Maybe tonight as I was talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, there was something in you going, you know what? I think I, w- I wouldn't mind a little, a little bit of that. And can I tell you, when the Spirit of God comes on you, your walk with God will change. And maybe you'd say, David, I, I feel like maybe I've been dipped a few times and I, I wouldn't mind just getting, get me in that jar. I want to be changed from the inside out. And maybe, maybe you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray tonight that you would, that God would fill your mouth with the, with the language of heaven, that the gifts of the Spirit would come alive on the inside of your life, that you can really walk in that space where Jesus said you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that there would be a release of the power of God. Can I just say, a church like this doesn't happen by accident. It happens because of the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon people, breathing upon human flesh and anointing them to do what God's called them to do. And maybe you're in this place and say, Dave, I, I want to receive the infilling of the Spirit. I want the, I want the baptism in the Spirit. Just lift your hands where you are. We're going to pray and they're going to worship and I'm going to hand back to Pastor Joel. I'm going to pray for 30 seconds and God's going to do something. He says, just ask. Lift your hands if that's you. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Father, there's hands lifted all over the house. And Lord, we just ask you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would fill people with your spirit. Lord God, that you would fill people with a third person of the Godhead. Lord, I pray, come with power. Touch people. Lord, unlock gifts. Lord, unlock grace. Lord, unlock the anointing of God in people's hearts and in people's lives in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit filling people right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. Jesus, Pastor John. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.